this is. <laughs> no, I mean, again, every single week, I, it's a Skype thing. It's the number at the top left of the screen when you re- when you record a Skype video. Um, for me, I don't feel comfortable starting talking until that kicks in because um, that th- that would be like my like I start immediately talking and like like a quarter of like my introduction would be cut off and (laughs) then I'd have to like record it again and re-recording stuff is not fun but anyway hello everybody welcome to another episode of friends talking nerdy this is Tim Jowsma and with me as always I have the holiest of holies I have the Reverend Tracy how are you doing oh I'm doing pretty well you know just busy it's it's no secret the the move is impending. We've mentioned I'm moving in the summer, and so we're starting to kind of like get stuff packed and get ready, and you know hijinks and selling stuff on Facebook in the lovely warm weather that we finally gotten to experience. I've so, heard you've uh, been hustling yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, I actually got I got the staged closet cleared out. Um, yeah. No, it's really kind of funny because you know I'm just using I'm trying to use an app. I, I try not to bring up specific names just to avoid just any bullshit that could be a repercussion of, like, you can't slander our company. But I will use the I'm tote selling this app is what I'll just call it. Um, so I'm the, I'm tote selling this app, right? Like, I put things up there, and I put, like, very clearly that I'm firm on pricing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, I might get desperate in July, but if it's still, like, here in April and May, um, I'm pretty much expecting what I'm asking for because I'm not asking for a lot of money. But right. it is just so funny um, between that and, like, just selling it through, like, Facebook Marketplace, like, the difference of just immediately, okay, I'll give you $40 for this thing you said you wanted 80 for. And I'm like, um, no, I, like, just posted this an hour ago. Like, go away. <laughs> oh, God, I remember one time I – put up a phone I was selling on Facebook, uh, an old iPhone uh, like 5S or something like that, and like I, the price I put up was a low, low price but then somebody came back and oh, for you $15 for it, I'm like, yeah kindly fuck off, you know and then and then they, they responded you, you, you'll be lucky to get this man and I'm like, I, I don't care I don't care what you have to say this is what I'm offering it for if you don't like the price, move on I don't need a lecture from a douchebag like you yeah, and you know what? It's like I also have had the confidence to tell people before. It's like, well, I mean, you're free to see if this posting is still up, like, in July-ish. Like, if it's here later in June, sure, reach out to me. But other than that, like, I'm sticking firm because this is a lot of, like, the budget that goes into moving. You know, you right. take some of that money and you put it into that budget. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been good wheeling and dealing and getting stuff like progress making and, and things like that. And plus there's just something about it's springtime and cleaning anyway, like where this is just kind of a natural thing you want to do or, or me anyway. Like if you're, you're going to clean, it's going to be maybe because it's sunnier out and you kind of want to like release some shit. Um, I'm not a big hoarder, I guess, but I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed it. And like some of the, some of the bonus people interaction, cause Hey, there are actually a lot of nice people out there. Just throwing that out there. Like uh-huh. most people are trying their best and, uh, you know, some cool, like brief interactions with humanity to remind me that not everybody is internet trolls because we all know about my just short venture into <laughs> trying to be socially interactive on the internet. Um, yeah didn't go super well it happened again by the way like in a plant-based recipe group like some (laughs) random bullying over oil i had included in a recipe 
Like, <laughs> so yes, basically that's to say I gave up on the internet, guys. Uh, no offense. I'm going to stay in my friends group and I'm going to stay in the friends talking nerdy group, but I don't think I can interact with internet people. Well, like, now you have to tell us what happened. What happened in the plant group? Oh, gosh. So this is a group that it's like plant based on a budget. Like that's not the exact name of it, but it's it's supposed to be like plant based recipes and budget. And I'm a big bulk buyer. I am mm. a big like like especially because of this pandemic. Right. Like that's a lot of what I do that's helped maintain my ability to not have to work at a place that had OSHA complaints against it. Just throwing <laughs> that out there like that was my choice. That's where I went. Namaste at home was that office situation but um yeah so i decided to stay at home and a lot of that was like buying the ingredients and making things myself and so when you like make your own bread and make your own everything muffins cookies blah blah it makes sense to get like a 50 pound bag of flour and just like process it um because it makes it way less expensive to have all of the things you like and since i'm at the house, it made sense to maybe maybe do that some. So, anywho, I, I've got some hacks for that, and it was kind of neat to share those for a while and sharing like some of the awesome recipes that I make and stuff like that. Hello, and behold, we get to the ranch epidemic thing, like the ranch uh-huh. situation, I guess is what I should call it. It's, it was the ranch situation. And I was like, yeah, I'm putting the recipe in the comments, whatever. And so there's oil in it. And I guess there's eating styles. I need to put my pinky up for this conversation, I feel, because it's, it's kind of <laughs> like how you've got people who eat vegan and people who are vegans. And there's, there's just no offense to anybody who chooses to, like, be completely leather product free. Like, I'm not saying everybody who chooses that is that way about it. But I'm sure, like, you've – most people have met that person who is just very kind of into their choice of being vegan, like, almost in an uppity way. But you could say that about anything, like, veganism, paleo diet, like – Really, that mentality, right? <laughs> Reminds me of this OK Cupid profile I saw of this woman who says, "You know, I only want to meet up with vegans and fellow vegans. If you eat meat of any kind, I will swipe left on you." <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! I mean, everybody's got a right to express their price of admission, right, for a relationship. But but there are attitudes that you can have about it, and I agree that I have come across that in other other ways. Where I'm like, you know what? You could pitch that like in a slightly different way, and it'll be like ninety percent less bitchy sounding. Right. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, like so. Basically, I feel like I got encountered by a bunch of those people who are like, oh, but that's oil is not whole food plant based like i could hear it in my head that that's how they sounded to me so it just turned into this whole thing and then it was really kind of sweet though because there were a lot of people in that group that were really supportive like oh my gosh this poor person is just like trying to share a recipe and they're having to deal with all of you people like telling her how dare she use oil or whatever (laughs) so uh it was it was tight it wasn't anything like I didn't have a hissy fit or feel like overly bullied about. I was just like, really? Like over recipes we're gonna get all shamey and oh my god, this one's in the wrong group. Like oh, that, I mean, it, that brings to mind a, a YouTube video that I saw this past week that I sent you the link to. Um, it was from Lindsay Ellis. Uh, we referenced it briefly the last week, but um, she is like a YouTube uh, content creator. 
and she made the sin of stating on Twitter that she thinks the Disney movie Raya and the Last Dragon is, is like similar to Avatar The Last Airbender. And then people went nuts and started accusing her of being like a racist and like any any like tweet that they could find from her entire history on Twitter. They like did a deep dive and um and found and they I mean they found some stuff, but in the video she ends up going over point by point uh the stuff they brought up and um you know how it, it, the, her point wasn't to defend some of the silly things she said it was just to point out how just online it seems like the, these companies t- thrive they the, the algorithms are made in such a way to try and keep you on there it's like an addiction and one way they can do that and the best way to do that is through negativity you know um she mentioned they call it doom scrolling for a reason and you know the, you know i find myself too like um like there was a guy on twitter today that uh like posted something really fucking stupid about how in the 90s white people listen to gangster rap and it was okay and it just like just like trying to pretend like the 90s were some racial utopia and my instinct was to like do a quote tweet of um i was just gonna put a gif there's a common gif of bender from futurama laughing and with a comment of ha 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 oh i see you're serious let me laugh harder ha 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 and i i thought about it and then i hit delete because it was just like that guy doesn't know me he's a fucking moron but Come on, you know what is it yeah. going? To, what is it going to help for me, for me to do that? I would just be making a bad situation worse and giving his stupidity yeah. fire, you know. But, because then you're just like, like I said, it's just it's so tempting, and I understand because there was a point where, like, yeah, sure, I did get a little involved in that one little fight. Now I didn't say anything, I think, over a line or anything, like, but. I, I'm not that human over there reading from their yeah. perspectives. So, but <laughs> it just went back to like, yep, this is why I don't do comments like anymore uh, on public stuff. Unless it's like a dumb, like which two restaurants would you like get rid of or have on your Island or whatever? Like those, those are safe. Those are just silly. Um, I don't know. I just did one for Texas admitting that I put beans in my chili. So I might get all of the <laughs> hatred of Texas in my direction. <laughs> Own after, after you're able to corral them together to fight for their honor in the battle for state supremacy too. <laughs> they, they voted for Willie on. Nelson. So. Yeah. Well, if they only knew they were voting for beans, <laughs> not the cap. <laughs> yeah. If only they knew that they were voting for a Texan who left the state and makes chili with beans in it. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine if they knew I made vegan chili? Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and our YouTube uh, viewers can see uh, Tracy just took a sip of a beverage. Tell folks yeah. what that is. Oh, no, it's just my, my ginger beer. <laughs> um, Tim had made a comment about how I had a beer on the ready. And I was like, oh, no, like this is a ginger beer. This is the only cold ones we buy in our house. I We don't. I personally yeah. don't do alcohols. Um, I used to. I don't anymore. And it wasn't that it was ever really a problem like for me. Like I didn't get in trouble. You know, like most people quit like because something happened, like it either like led to a relationship falling apart or, you know, shit got crazy at a party and they like urinated in public or something. You know, Um, there's a lot of reasons like people end up quitting. Mine was just like I realized maybe it's just not the best. Like if you're somebody with anxiety and depression, like maybe just, you know, there's some studies that have maybe implied that having alcohol can affect that in a negative way. So I I just decided to stop. Like, 
at all. Like, cause like, you know, you knew me, like when I was still drinking, I wasn't really like a drunker person. Um, but I had like my vodka tonic, uh, when I did murder mystery, like just to be in character and it wasn't even for nerves or anything. It wasn't even enough to do anything to me. It was just like, yeah, sure. I have this drink. So I don't know. I just, I stopped doing that because every Friday is somewhat regular to do that you know, and no offense to anybody who does have those things and does drink. Sometimes I'm not saying you're wrong. Just oh, that's yeah, why yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same boat too. I, I, you know, not that I feel I ever drank to excess ever, but you know, like my latter days at Apple, for instance, I was usually down to like a couple of beers at the end of the night, each night. And just with everything that was going on there, it was just like, yeah, maybe I can find some, some more healthier ways to, to kind of deal with the stress and alcohol, you know? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm big on the whole, uh, cortisol buster thing. And maybe if we do like another mental health, like or mental hygiene type topic, I can go more into it, but that's been something I have been nerding out about on the side. Cause uh-huh. that's what I do. That that's how I manage a lot of the mental health stuff anyway, is just basically nerding out about concepts as they come across my stupid noodle. And, uh, <laughs> if my meat computer don't know, and because I'm not in a therapy, I just go to the internet. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I just don't, it's, it's worked for me, you know, especially not doing it every, every Friday for a show. And then like once a week with my friends back when I used to play Ingress, like that was a really fun game back in the day, but you know, we'd meet up and have happy hour and I'd have a beer. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know it, yeah. I know that bar we went to that one time or meeting up with your Ingress friends. I don't know if that bar's there anymore. Oh God. I don't know what's in downtown anymore. Like since yeah. I left the tech industry and then like that was, <laughs> I haven't been there really since the before times. So I've been by there a few times and we're going to talk about <laughs> some great things that have happened <laughs> downtown oh, this man. past week uh, from there. But I'm kind of going back to what you were talking about with the Internet as well. I mean, I'm at the point, too. Yeah, it, it does not make sense to really try to get relationships online with people you don't know. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try if, if, if things do work out, but just, uh, you know, I I heard something on, on social media that just makes a lot of sense to me. And that's, you know, treat, you know, anything you put on social media, you should be, you should be 100% comfortable being able to say that to a cop, (laughs) you know? And, and yeah, just, it's, uh, it's yeah just i think we're at a point at social media to where uh, it's it's yeah unless you are willing to get in the mud and contribute to the hate it's not a fun place yeah i mean and you got to realize too like social media right now is a lot of people's social interactions at all like think of there's still a lot of people working from home who used to go into an office every day or you know maybe they do lyft or uber or postmates or some other like app type job where they're just not around people as much anymore because you know for whatever reason um and i could even see like traffic in stores being slower it's changed a lot of people's lives like since the whole pandemic thing so I've seen a lot of stuff kind of expressing like, hey, by the way, like we're all kind of going through a trauma together right now. Like this is a 
it, it fits the definition if you look it up for a traumatic experience. So I'm trying to kind of put that in my brain when I come across the whole troll situation. It's like, hey, like if you're not dealing with this well, I'm going to just hopefully I would like to give people that benefit of the doubt, I guess. Call me a sucker. Like maybe this person wasn't this way like a year and a half ago, but this is just what's happened. This is some manifestation of like going through this and they're just this is how that person landed on dealing with it and um yeah well, I, like hopefully that it could hopefully they get exposed to other options i'll throw that out there but it's not my job to assume that that's what's going on either um <laughs> and, and i get it and and you know yeah i mean i i, I can ex i can definitely accept that because of the pandemic things are kind of like amplified in in a way that that they wouldn't normally be just because people do are you know don't have as much uh have a lot more time on their hands than they did before so uh they are diving to stuff like social media and i think you know the more um you know vaccines become prevalent and um the world starts opening up more then i think you know uh the, you know social media usage will still go down having said that you know the way the algorithms are made on these services you know they kind of throw Thrive on on the negativity. They want you to. They want you impassioned and in in whatnot uh, to yeah. to keep you as a listener. Because like uh, the Lindsay Ellis video again, you know, she talked about how Twitter a long time ago reached a plateau with with their users. They're not expected to. Uh, no social media company could ever realistically, you know, can have continued numbers. There will be a plateau for that, and because they've reached that plateau, they have to do what they can to keep the people there. And you know what better way to do that than you know profit off of negativity because one person brings up something stupid that somebody did few retweets later all of a sudden everybody's talking about it and you know uh, that doesn't mean people shouldn't be held responsible for what they say if they do say something stupid but come on think of it just people should sit back and think about all the times they've said something stupid in their lives and just imagine how uh, that could potentially be taken out of context like i brought up on the show before um <laughs> when the force awakens first came out i think i told you too um yeah yeah and uh they had a story about a kid who had like terminal cancer or something like that and disney was kind enough to uh, let him see the movie beforehand and i typed i wish i had a terminal ill Illness. People didn't hear. People didn't. How could yeah. they? They didn't know the. They didn't realize the fact that I was saying a joke. They didn't know me, and I could very well have been one hundred percent serious. So it's like, yeah, it's it's like I I put my foot in my mouth in that by typing that out. Now, if it was a friend, even if it was on the podcast here, being able to joke it, joke about, you know, being able to say it like I did, I think people would get the fact that I was trying to make a joke. Whether they find it funny or not is up to them. That's not yeah. up to me. But, you know, they would at least understand that I wasn't serious. But a lot of people don't take the time and I didn't at the time, obviously, <laughs> to think to think about that. And it's just, it's just it's it's a minefield there's so much beautiful stuff that can happen on social media in terms of you know like what we do for instance getting the word out about the show meeting new people um i did listen to pixie's podcast by the way and she totally got her podcast name wrong <laughs> there's another podcast called talking nerdy with friends out there that started after we did and i think they probably took their name because oh. of how we have our name <laughs> 
So, so they, they got the plug and not us, but, but the fact that, you know, social media allowed us to be able to reach out and, you know, get her as a guest and get previous guests on there. There's a lot of good that can happen, but at the end of the day, I think, I think the social media companies need some heavy regulation. Yeah, like to me, it's kind of a bummer because the person that got kind of, you know, creepy about it, like intentionally went on there and tried to name some stuff. I talked about that last time, so I won't go into it again again. But I will at least say, like, I found it surprising that that's not behavior that they care about at all. Like, even though that was clearly intended to intimidate and possibly elicit fear in me. That they don't care about because it doesn't meet probably some tick list that they go, well, but it didn't say a curse word and, well, but it wasn't talking about anybody's ethnicity. Well, but it wasn't – you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm sure that is really just as formulated as it is. It's not personal to me. They didn't go and read it and care about context. Right. And But that's the thing that I think they should totally care about because those are the things that are kind of causing some of the harm and the damage and kind of that equivalency of internet bullying. Um so like you know and watching it at all would inherently help like the whole epidemic of it happening with kids where you know bullying used to be like something that only happened at school it's actually kind of one of my problems with public school but now it's like kind of permeated into that so really if you think about like if we did it for the kids i could also see where it would just be beneficial as a society because people that want to do creeper intimidating things to somebody they perceive as a woman and weaker than them can maybe like not be part of that internet social media world and then you don't have to worry about that behavior being taught to your kids yeah. So just saying, I, I could see it benefiting like a few demographics. Uh, it, it, it definitely would. And it is high time that uh, the social media companies had some form of regulation because their whole, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we fix it. We promise. How many times can 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 a company say that yeah. before you know you, you call shenanigans and um, and how many yeah. people have how many people have to die you know because um, speaking of social media companies Ted Nugent Ted Nugent Paragon of virtue that he is <laughs> um, oh. one of my choices for the Battle of State Supremacy I will defend him as a musician he's a great musician but as a "Quote unquote intelligent human being." That's a different story altogether. He recently <laughs> came out. He recently came out after more than a year of calling coronavirus a hoax, making fun of people that wore masks, protesting in Michigan and in Texas against mask mandates. He announced he got the coronavirus. How's he doing with it? Because I don't. I don't um, he, I mean, he's, uh, uh, I guess, on the upswing and being Ted Nugent with some with some of the people he knows. I'm sure he probably was able to get his hands hands on some type of medicine that you or I would not have been able to. Um, but you know, he survived it. But you know, like anybody that I've heard that you know tried to deny it and then ended up getting it later, it was the end of the world. I thought it was it was the, it was horrible for him, and I'm sure it was because coronavirus kicks people in the ass. And yeah. It's, it's not a flu. It's not something you just get through and then, you know, once it's out of your system, you're better a lot of times. You know, it, yeah. it, uh, they media. still haven't actually started looking into long Corona, guys. Sorry. And you can they Google can. that on your own if you want to. But go ahead. It's out there. I, I don't need to take it necessarily. It's not hard to educate yourself on it. But yeah, long Corona. Just 
check it out. It, it's just uh, worth educating on if anybody wants to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he got it, huh? Got the vid, got didn't have all the injections to prop him up as a you know, livable human, I guess. So maybe he felt it a little bit more than <clears throat> certain other people that got it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, I, I don't know. He's just, uh, uh, he's a, he's mentally gone. I mean, he's been gone for years, but just like, um, I posted a link, uh, in the Facebook group of, um, the, uh, of an episode of the podcast knowledge fight. And, um, it, it, that's a show that kind of monitors the Alex Jones show and does comments on, you know, particular days episodes. And they interview, they, they, they uh, played one interview that Alex Jones with Ted Nugent and his son Rocco and my God, if there are two human beings that are physically on the on on Earth, but their heads are elsewhere, it's 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 Nugent and his son. Just they are just gone. I, I, I that's the only way I can describe it. Just just it, at the end of the day, it sucks that he got it. I, I wish I wish we had you know responsible people in government at the time when it first hit to it's, that would have mitigated a lot of the disaster that we're facing today. Um, but you know what? For somebody that went out of went out of his way to deny it and to fight efforts to protect people i don't have sympathy for him but kind of going back to the point for the social media companies they're allowing this type of talk to run freely on on all their systems and uh, how many people have needlessly died because of that how many people and and what does it say about our country too that people would rather believe that you know like there are microchips uh, in in the uh, vaccine that are put there by Bill <laughs> Gates? That sounds reasonable, but regular science it doesn't. I I, I don't oh, get. It. Uh, there there's some interesting studies that have been done on like the mentality or possibly some underlying reasons that might contribute to somebody's likelihood of believing in a conspiracy theory because i i do put that that is obviously conspiracy theory level stuff like yeah i'm, I'm there was a really funny meme that i saw a while back ago that just perfectly like captured how silly that kind of is because it's not necessary but it was it basically it's like all these people are worried about you know microchips in the vaccine Meanwhile, they readily in are totally okay with having a cell phone on their person pretty much constantly or your Fitbit smartwatch or your Garmin, you know, whatever. Like yeah. there's all of this. If they really wanted to microchip and like monitor everything, like and even some of it's come out, like how they totally do have access to some stuff. Like it, it's kind of interesting that that's what the concern is. Like so is it really – that concern or is it possibly having an issue like with the control over it because they just don't want to have it like it's just there's a lot of interesting like theory out there like I said there's there's studies if you want to look into some of the psychology stuff they found on like hey why do certain people like what is with the prevalence in um, conspiracy theory believers so and it's like they talk about even uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to find this because I'd read somewhat recently about um, talking about like oh people think that you know conspiracy theories are more prevalent now because of social media but really they've kind of always existed they're very well ground in like our history so it's just more likely that more people agree rather than having so many different ones does that make sense like instead well, yeah. of kind of making up their own for other things it just gives them that idea so it 
there's there's speculation on if it's making it worse or if it's just more making it like less smaller conspiracies and just more people believe the same ones because they're not making up their own like in individual groups anymore. Well, I think part of it does have to do with uh, technology in place. I mean, it's, you know, it's not that, I mean, you're right, before the internet, it's not that people didn't believe in conspiracy theories, but now they have the ability of connecting with each other in much easier ways than they used to in the past. So um, it's different than the old days that, you know, know, where maybe you would run across a person or two that that believed, you know, something um, conspiratorial. whether there's you know tr- you know some actual truth in the, in that or if it's some of uh, some of the outlandish stuff but the fact that you know we have all of these you know internet web pages like the the Q documentary into the storm is uh, you know about the, uh, stuff like this to where people that just believe some weird stuff congregate together and they they congregate from all over the world and one place and that was thanks to the internet so i think it's just the technology is giving these people the tools to actually speak which is spreading these far faster than they would have before true i mean but the same it goes into that blessing and cursedness of it all right because where there's that there's also like if it weren't for the internet, I don't know if I would have ever been connected to start the organization I'm involved with starting or getting into some of the involvement of trying to make changes. So it, it's that blessing curse, right? Because yeah. if you take away it all, there's the argument that you would lose that part of it too. But now, would I be completely opposed to joining a website um, that did maybe kind of do better about editing stuff, like ensuring that, you know, false information, conspiracy theories, things that, like, defy science? Because I like science, guys. I'm not ashamed to admit that I like science. Uh, You can actually, like... Yeah, uh, there's access to it. You can learn things. Yeah, the science, the journal for science or whatever. Like you can actually go and search, um, like their articles and stuff, and read a lot of stuff, like without necessarily having a membership. So I don't know. I I, I think with access to knowledge, it makes sense to me to maybe be willing to take down things if you know that it has kind of been proven. But just because it's a platform, like you, like the, the number one thing is free speech, right? Mm-hmm. They they say, well, free speech, free speech. Like, well, well here's the thing. A Facebook membership is not a right. No, they you... did the, yeah, like Twitter is not a right. Like, so yes, you can totally decide to make these rules. You are not defying somebody's constitutional right necessarily by not allowing them to post things that you know are false. Like that's, it's just something that I haven't been convinced of yet that, you know, well, to to me, it it boils down to the typical argument you would would get with free speech. Where does it cut off? And usually with most people, it's going to be the whole, you can't say fire in a crowded building type of deal. And, and you know, if we're talking, you know, like a group of Nazis talking about Nazi stuff, 
they're scumbags, but you know, if they have a thing to congregate, fine. As long as, you know, they're not making plans to go out and kill people. If they're just talking, you know, Nazi stuff, whatever, let them do their thing. But once we start going down the road of stuff like you saw in 8chan to where you have people say, I'm going to kill people and then give the actual proof with live video of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the problem. Or on a lesser extent, like what happens on Facebook, Facebook on a daily basis of these people passing along clearly incorrect information and you know at most you'll get like a little banner at the bottom of you know these are the facts about coronavirus and if people don't believe it anyway are they really going to click that no it's just it's theater that's all Facebook did yeah well I mean if if I were to give the reverend's opinion I, I think there is a big difference and this is something that's gotten really blurry but there is a difference between opinion and fact. I have no problem with people stating opinions and things that they think are happening or what have you. But when you start passing opinions as facts, I think that's when you start crossing that line. Right. I have no problem with people sharing opinions. I have no problem with people openly sharing things that they feel are a conspiracy theory or if for some reason there's like an alternative word for that that is less offensive. I'm open to calling it that too. I just don't know of any. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a big difference between just expressing something you believe and saying this is fact because there's even something psychological like even on a level of gaslighting with what some people do. Um, we've talked about that with the meme making like that's why I try to be careful who I follow and right. what I kind of you know put into my life because yeah when you read this is this that is essentially a form of mental programming for you this isn't surprising we know like the importance of self-talk now so that's where my humble opinion is because see I'm expressing an opinion uh-huh. is that you need to be clear about when it is an opinion you're expressing versus a fact you are sharing. And we need to kind of de-blur that line because that's what I personally feel has been really blurred that's caused a lot of this. You can't take down what I think. Well, but you're not posing it as if you think it. You're posing it like it is fact, which is gaslighty. Uh, but, th- th- yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes me think that you know, that Section 230 that Trump harped on in terms of wanting to get rid of, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if that were the case. Because if these comp- companies become liable for the actions that, that you know, the, their customers uh, say on there, uh, then maybe they would have some changes. And again, um, I'm not saying in terms of quieting people with views I don't like, you know, I mean, because like, I don't want to hear Nazis. But again, this is America. They have a First Amendment right to speak, you know, um, but the problem comes again if we have Nazis that are, you know, using Twitter to congregate, you whether it be through DMs or regular tweet to talk about uh, shooting, talk about hurting people, or, you know, you have groups that are consistently putting out false information about, um, you know, vaccines and stuff like that. When it, when it affects, when it affects me, when it affects the general public, when people could be in danger, then these companies should be held responsible if they don't do anything. Exactly. I actually agree with that too, because that is clear, right? Like the violence thing is clear. And I'm pretty sure even, you know, Facebook and Twitter, like I'm, I think they do have like some very, very clear terms like uh, terms of service where you can't say like you can't enact violence or something because haven't they used that to pull things down? 
I don't been... know. I, I behave for the most part on the internet. I've never been in Facebook jail. I've never like had well, the thing with <laughs> the thing with Facebook. Facebook is like any other massive corporation out there. When they have a public relation things, public relations uh, thing like this occur, they will be put in front of Congress. Mark Zuckerberg will be there and talk about all the changes, the systemic changes that they're going to do. And yet nothing changes. You know, I mean, there was an article I read that, you know, um, it was uh, Robert Reich uh, posted it. And if I find it, I'll uh, put it in the group. But, you know, he talked about that, you know, Facebook talked uh, one thing about trying to stop, uh, you know, right wing, far far right wing people, uh, you know, con- you know, talking about, you know, taking over the Capitol and whatnot. But behind the scenes, they did not. They, they did the exact opposite of what they said they were going to do. That is not to say that people at Facebook, you know, necessarily supported it, but they took the mindset of these people are bringing business to us. And they, they just thought of it like that and didn't, didn't care about the ramifications. You know, they're like that douchebag attorney, Alan Dershowitz, who just is a slimy fuck of a lawyer who just constantly just, he, he poses his things as you know just like what ifs and whatnot but you know he's the guy who helped trump he helped oj just all the sleazy slimy and he knew jeffrey epstein was best buddies with him and fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) oh i need to change the topic let me talk about my cats oh Um, yeah talk about your cats Yes. Um, <laughs> Call this, Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got two of them. Um, we got Sherman, big gray cats, kind of like a, kind of like a, a jock, if I had to describe him. You know, fun-loving, but sometimes he will, what are you going to do? What are you going to do type of guy? And then you got my Phil, who is just kind of mellow, laid back, and uh, whatnot. And I've had some concerns about Phil with his weight for a bit, so we wanted to try something this week in terms of um, getting... Uh, try, I wanted to do try some soft food with him in the morning and at night uh, to see if I can kind of bulk him up. And I realized with a second cat there, it would not be fair to not have something for for him so what i've done is just kind of let phil get his fair share but then you know let sherman get in when he can and this morning (laughs) was funny first of all i tried to um get the food for phil without sherman knowing but of course cats with their hearing open up the can and he just ran directly into the room and um you know so i put the food in the bowl put it in front of phil phil starts eating and then sherman does this wonderful thing he looks at phil looks at him and then takes his paw and then taps Phil on the head. It wasn't a swat. It was just a tap. And it was just like, are you done now? <laughs> you know, can, you can, I, can I have a turn? <laughs> yeah. So he did that. And that, and then that was, that was fun. That was funny that he did. But, um, you know, thankfully I think with Phil, um, it's just me being kind of a helicopter parent, you know, cause when I first got him, they said that he, um, they suspected he might have like a thyroid issue. Um, but now he's 14 he's 14 and i think you've seen him i mean he's he's a small skinny cat but he's always looked that way and his demeanor hasn't changed since the day i got him so uh, more than likely i was probably just you know being over cautious but at the very least they're going to get a week of good uh, of good soft food but you know it's just weird what cats will do and like uh, sherman too like uh, ever since uh, he got the cone off he's been super nice but uh, <laughs> what will happen 
is like when I get ready for school, um, I, you know, do school on the same computer I do the show on. So I'm sitting here and then all of, all of a sudden I feel like a tap on my leg. He's tapping my leg and he wants to hop up in, in my seat and, you know, uh, get me to pat him. And, you know, I have to do that because the one time I tried to, you know, pick him up and put him on the couch to get back to work, he hissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but and that, but that's the thing with a cat I, I you can't take a hiss personally at all it's just yeah. they're just telling you eh. it's it, they're, they're it's a, a communication thing that's literally all they've got guys they've got purrs they've got hisses they've got swiping just understand it's their communication learn how to read it and it's not too bad i've, I've had to have that conversation with my stepkids you know, because my stepson, like, will get hesitant around my cat. And, of course, the instinct is to, like, draw that hand away. Well, what's that do to the cat? Ooh, toy or ooh, prey animal. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not – she's not trying to be offensive when she swipes at you, little man. Like, it's just what cats do. She thinks it's a play thing, you know. So it's just like take your hand and calmly take it away. But, yeah, I, I – Changing food can help a lot sometimes with a cat, just in general. Like, I switched over to wet food for my cat, except I make it. So that's the I I couldn't afford, like, staying on wet food for us. I was like, you know what? I wonder how crazy it would be to make cat food for my cat. Because it goes back to the other conversation I was telling or talking about earlier with, uh, you know, I bulk buy trying to save money. So the same thing happens, right? I'm feeding a cat, like, during a pandemic. And it's like, oh, man, I think I need to put her on wet food for, for reasons. And it's like, well, crud, how do I make this affordable? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know, maybe that could be a recipe if I do the Reverend Cooks. I can do the Reverend Makes Cat Food. On YouTube, there we go. Yeah, there well, we go. I, I, I noticed with uh, my cats, too, that uh, with the hard food, I, I the common cat complaint you have of people, and I know I've put a meme up a couple, it's a diff- two different memes, but this uh, conveying the same thing of a cat that has like a thin layer of food at the bottom of the bowl, but they act like there's no food there. And but I, I thought about it one day though, and I thought about it, and I actually looked at the food, and what I realized is that I what I ended up trying and what ended up working was I actually switched to smaller bowls, um, because what I found what I realized was that I think the reason uh, that my cats ended up uh, not eating like the bottom layer of food is that the hard food at, at after a time will like dry out. And, um, yeah, so it's probably not appealing now, granted, if they were really, really hungry, I'm sure they would go for it, but that would be like saying, you know, the, the sandwich you let that you made for dinner last night that you left on the counter, maybe good this morning, (laughs) you know? So, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's like with your cat, what I found, yeah, I mean, they have their own unique way of communicating, but if you listen to them and go and and if you're listening to them and go bit on their speed, most cats are going to fall in love with you or at least tolerate you. You know, it's just yeah. they're the ultimate consent machine. If they don't consent to something, you know, good luck. You know, and was it you who had that meme of the famous uh, instances in art history of uh, people trying to <laughs> give a pill to their cat? Of, of Hercules trying to give a pill to his cat because there's all yeah. these like different statues of Hercules fighting this like lion. And so yeah. it's just really great. If you've ever tried to give a pill to a cat, um, I mean, not mine. My cat is, she essentially was therapy trained. I don't, I mean, I didn't do it anywhere officially. I just did it, you know, mm-hmm. I hand trained her myself. So she is kind of an interesting little angel in that way and kind of puts up with anything I do with her because it's just how she was trained. Um, yeah, I, I shared that. I, I shared a little bit of a story there about, you know, my cat. I She has a microchip. 
Mm-hmm. And whenever I took her in to get the microchip, I guess the office dog like jumped up on the table with my cat. And the vet was telling me just how astonished they were that my cat just really didn't seem to care. Like, because usually a cat in that kind of situation would be really stressed out. You know, you got a bunch of hands on you and making you stay still. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I had an autistic nephew that was going to be around my cat. So I wanted to make sure that she could handle being tugged on and pulled on. So it's just, you know, I looked it up. Like, how do you autistic train with animals? And it's like, well, Uh if you've got them young enough, like, get them used to being pulled on if you can, because that's kind of what they do with some of the therapy animals. I was like, oh, interesting. Goes back to the blessing of the Internet, right? You you can actually learn some cool stuff if you find some cool, trustworthy uh, sources. But uh, and then uh, I do have another thing that's kind of a blessing of the internet. Uh-oh. If we're cool with with changing the topic again, if you had nothing else, well, fill us in. This this is exciting news. Yeah, so uh, I am excited to be able to share that the Haunters uh, Haunters Convention, the West Coast Haunters Convention, is happening this year. It's actually happening the weekend of May first. So. Yeah. Very, very soon. It is 100% online. It's virtual, and it is also 100% free this year. Um, This is normally a fairly large event, Mm -hmm. so uh, it's not as many classes. Like They kind of have some tracks, like you get into a virtual track, and then you can watch the classes throughout the day. Um, But this is normally something that you would have to pay like a pretty penny to be able to go and then go to the classes. Um, Usually there'd be this big trade floor or whatever. And I guess they're trying to do a virtual trade floor. So some deals there if you're looking for like, hey, you want to get cool contacts for Halloween this year? Um, That's the place to do it if you can get into the trade floor at a Haunter's Convention. Um, But anywho, so... All online, all free. They are basically like run. Uh, they're they're a nonprofit, <clears throat> and they are accepting donations, but they're not required. So I did want to share because I do think it's really cool, and they've talked about this a lot. And I've met some of the haunt actors that are from these situations. But just in case you're curious, because even if you don't want to do the Haunters Con or see the free online ball, which I am going to try to do FX makeup with my stepdaughter and have fun there so i might go to the online ball um but anywho all of the proceeds from the convention and its events go to actually support teachers and other professionals that work with deaf hard of hearing and autistic students throughout the northwest Um, over the past few years they have given out thousands of dollars in grants to help deaf and or autistic children in the area so that's what you're giving to when you support this convention Um, I'll share it, probably a link with you so you could put it in the show notes or what have you, but it's hauntersconvention.com, and it should say West Coast Haunters Convention, like, on that website. Uh, It's a good time. I'll actually share, uh, one of the professional photographers pulled me to the side and asked for a photo when I did my effects for the charity ball that I went to, so I will gladly share those photos. (laughs) They, it was wicked. I even have some of the in process, like, before I was done with the whole look photo. Um, but yeah, so I'll happily share that, uh, hauntersconvention.com. If you've ever been curious what those things can be like, and they, they kind of have classes a little bit for everything too. Like even if you are a person who just wants to decorate your house for Halloween or do like a little yard haunted house, like, and also for like the stuff like I do slash did where it's a bigger haunt attraction. Like there's kind of a little bit of everything for everybody, um, right. how to build costumes, how to work with foam. Like you'll probably find something interesting with it being free. I am totally encouraging people to check it out. 
And you said the trade floor would have uh, deals as well. Now, um, are uh, how would you compare this to something like uh, the panels at like a Comic-Con? Is it more in-depth um, because everybody is there for one thing and Comic-Con may have different reasons for people showing up? Haunt-themed Comic-Con. I would kind of think of it that way because with Comic-Con, you've got everything. Like the ones that I went to was about building the costumes, mm-hmm. right? Like how to build a really good costume, like starting from a core. Meanwhile, like other people are more interested in the panels with all of the, the famous people that were maybe doing autographs on the floor. So at the Haunters Con, you might have stuff like, you know, hey, this is how to make a character and bring that character to life and scare the piss out of people or entertain because it's not just scaring. Um, there's also acting 101 classes, like haunting 101 classes at some of these things. Um, mm. But then there's also like panels for FX people. Um, for example, in the before times, the ones that I'll be sharing these pictures from, that's when I got to meet V. Neal. And for any of you guys that don't know V. Neal, you probably know the work she has done because she did the look for Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, she made that prosthetic and put that on Robin Williams' face. She also did Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. So, very iconic look. She's very well known. You know, she was on a panel one time, but she was also there on the floor and, like, she had products and stuff like that it was really cool getting to meet her i i didn't know and i guess i talked about this in episode 100 as well Um, but yes i did get to meet v neil uh very briefly and you know i met her on the trade floor and then i didn't know that she was also going to be judging the costume contest it was Uh the i had no intention of entering a costume contest when i showed up it was the haunted house one of the owners that just said oh yeah just go and stand in line like it's okay you didn't have to like enter ahead of time and like as soon as i walked off like they had made a joke at the table about do you think she knows that v neil is one of the judges and he was like <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know i go in there with one of the you know fx queens i would i would call her like very well known for what she does in our community yeah. especially like come on beetlejuice and haunters convention of course people know who v neil is um and she also did face off um which was a reality show. I, I haven't gotten to see it, but I want to. But, you know, she it's has on, some of the face-off pictures. It is on Peacock, I believe. Peacock actually has a free option. Um, to I, I There are a number of high-quality shows that are on there. So give it a check. Um, you, you may be able to uh, watch face-off on there for uh, free. Fine. I will figure it out. I, I think it's just <laughs> something I need to figure out with my settings because I don't think it should be asking me for a password every time. But there's just mm. something... Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's something yeah. with my cablecompany.com website <laughs> person needs to it's, help me with, I it, think. But it's uh, not it's it's not an ID ten T error as we called it in the business. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not aware of any uh just a really quick on the Haunters Con. I wanted to be clear, like you can go and check and see if there's any big guests. Um as far as I know, I didn't see any, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any. I don't know if they're doing the costume contest or anything this year, but I fully invite people to go Check it out. You'll have, like, when this comes out on Saturday, you'll have about a week to kind of figure it out. Because, hey, it's not going to fill up and sell out. It's virtual. Just, it'll be a good time. 
And, and the thing to keep in mind with stuff like this is that if you even have the tiniest of mustard, mustard seed size inkling of potentially getting into the business at all or just learning some of these tips and tricks, let's say you make your own homemade movies, for instance, mm-hmm. why not? You know, this is free. Why not sign up for these? Take these classes, learn, yes. because the big thing about something like a con like this is the networking. You know, if if you're able to uh, meet up with somebody and strike up a relationship from there, they may not, you may not necessarily meet a V nail. That may be unrealistic. But what if it's a local person in Portland that you meet up? If you're going to a Portland one, you have a conversation and all of a sudden you have a foot in the door. That's why you you attend stuff like this. So definitely, definitely take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. And especially if you do anything with production value, because they build sets like that's a lot of what people in the haunt community do. So Mm -hmm. you will have like a panel of haunted house directors that you can talk to. Um, Like, how do you pick themes, et cetera? How do you like stay on the pulse of like what's going to be interesting this year? There's also people that are like, hey, I build the sets for these major haunted houses. Hey, what is the favorite like foam to work with if you work with building? with foam or what is your favorite like way to build big scenes when you don't have a lot of you know space for doing that or necessarily the tools so that's where you can like really get into the brains of some of these people which is funny since it's a hot con and brains but uh, <laughs> but yes there will there will not be a conga line led by nick the zombie this year but uh only I, in I will, spirit only in spirit. <laughs> I will definitely have to find that video now that it's just crossed my noggin. Uh, it's so awesome because Nick the Zombie is somebody who is a person that he doesn't have any of his limbs. I don't know the story to this, okay. but he really gets into the character of dressing up as a zombie and usually hangs out. I've seen him at Comic-Con. I've seen him at Haunters Con every year that I had been there. Um, and he used to really freak me out because I think I've told you I'm scared of zombies. It is just something that I don't do well with. And yeah. I used to really avoid him, but I was so proud of myself because I talked myself into saying hi the last time I saw him. <laughs> but he does this really awesome thing where he just like totally crawls around on the floor, like with all of the tattered like clothing and the full zombie makeup and the prosthetic right. and everything. Nick the zombie, totally look him up. He's he's wonderful. He's a Portland treat. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish he were as well known as the unicycler guy that does the dark. The unipiper. Thing. Yeah, the unipiper. Thank you. I wish he was yeah. as well known as him, but he deserves it. He's so cool. <laughs> oh, the unipiper. Like uh, within the first week after I moved here in 2015, um, when I worked at that wonderful place downtown, um, with the glass walls and all that, um, it was near July 4th, and um, I looked out the window, and there's a guy on a unicycle dressed as Uncle Sam playing John Philip Sousa on the bagpipes and it was like welcome home um, so oh my gosh yeah. yeah just just completely random but um he's definitely a local um local celebrity here um and, and i know he's been to a few comic cons as well um it does his thing uh riding around um definitely definitely um definitely a fun guy but yeah go to go to something like this go network have fun you know that's yes. that's what these are for Learn, absorb, and by all means, if you do have 
anything that you want to give to that five to their nonprofit, they've actually got a link on their website. They're very clear everywhere about, you know, you can donate. Um, if you do want to donate or have it to donate and want to support them, like it's amazing. There, there is a haunted house that's very much in that community that is ran by a deaf school. Oh. Um, like, yeah. Or, and there's also one like that's the school for the blind that does a haunted house. And come on, when you've got people who are used to navigating with no light, like, getting to rule it's just kind of neat the people like you get really surprised at the people you meet in that community um yeah. a lot of really awesome folks especially at this particular con it's it's the one i've been to so i can definitely speak to this one um mm. so yeah i definitely encourage uh, checking it out and i'm, I'm definitely going to share uh the facebook page or whatever for nick the zombie just if you don't know who he is <laughs> Nice. Now, um, this past week we did have uh, some pretty amazing news out of Minneapolis. The verdict is in for the Derek Chauvin trial, the cop who mercilessly had his knee on George Floyd's death and just callously you know, stood there while the man died for no reason other than he could, was found guilty on all three counts. So... First of all, yay. Yay. Good news there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack uh, with that, um, not only with uh, some of the response we've seen uh, in the media to that, but also locally here in Portland, um, you know, some of the response we've seen here, too. But uh, we'll start off. Uh, when you heard the news, what would you think? Um, I mean, I'll, I will constantly probably remind people I don't follow everything like that. I didn't even know this was coming up. My watch told me because I'm still subscribed to the BBC breaking news for the United States. Uh -huh. Because I figure if the BBC says it's actually breaking news, it's actually breaking news. So, uh, yeah, I, I saw that it's like, oh, yeah, they're already done deliberating. Like, this was really short, and it's expected to be unanimous because of how short that it was. Right. And then, lo and behold, guilty, guilty, guilty. I didn't even know there were multiple counts. I, I wasn't following it that closely. Um, it, it's something that I remembered hearing very little on it, like, early on and just kind of deciding, like, oh, yeah, that's not good. Um, I, I was actually walking because – selling stuff i'm also selling things to some of my friends so i got to walk and have a conversation um about that it was just like i remembered hearing about you know nine minutes is a long time to be on somebody's neck and that was pretty much all i needed to hear yeah. with knowing that there were other people there for me to go mm, i understand something about like the training my my mother was a detention officer my stepdad was a detention officer and you know she kind of would teach us stuff because that was how she you know whenever she was like working on learning the job and like all of the laws and everything but uh yeah like it just felt like a long time and then as you learned that there were other people there's like oh that's definitely too long if there are other officers there and then you learn that they were already handcuffed and it's like well that's definitely not necessary at that point and then that was pretty much where i stopped learning about the case so yeah. i'm very relieved that this is how that went because to me it felt like a no-brainer so early on that i almost forgot that it hadn't happened yet like that this wasn't already a done deal but so yeah. it kind of makes sense though because things take time and yeah, and I mean the le legal process needed to go th go through the normal machinations that they usually do. Um, you know, me when I got the news, I was in class at the time, so I couldn't uh, really react uh, to it right away. But you know, definitely, definitely, it 
happy happy for that news um yeah. because I was also happy because I did keep uh, up with the trial somewhat. I was happy that they did have cops on the stand that did come out and say that what he did was not right. And because, you know, more often than not, um, and I'm not going to say every cop, you know, feels negative per se, but sometimes you could just have a thing to where if like 70% of your squad does a certain thing and you're part of 30% that disagrees with it. But if you say something that could affect your standing there, then that keeps people quiet. Um, It was great to see that. It was even great on, uh, I I guess, Tucker Carlson had a cop on and the cop, you know, dared say something along the lines of that of Derek Chauvin, you know, was out of line for doing what he did. And of course, Tucker Carlson went apoplectic because he's a fucking racist wink, wink, you know? Um, but uh, it's like, this was good news. This was the right verdict, but there's a lot of stuff that happened. Like, um, the big thing that really stuck in my craw was Maxine waters. Um, Congresswoman, I forgot where she's at, but, um, she's commonly, someone that likes to talk and sometimes the things that come out of her mouth are not always the right things. And, um, um, I don't have verbatim what she said, but basically what, uh, the gist of her message was, you know, um, if they don't come back with a guilty, guilty plea, we got to do something. And again, I don't have the exact words here, so I'm not going to paraphrase, but, I I am confident that she did not have any intention of trying to imply that the people should be violent, but in the frame of mind that this country is in politically, what did Republicans do at the very first chance they could? And rightfully so. They, atta- they, they attacked her for those words. And then what does it become at that point? It becomes it, it becomes just a distraction game. You know, people want to, you know, talk about Maxine Waters. They want to talk about, like, here in Portland, um, uh, you know, some of the st- uh, street violence uh, that has happened here uh, with some of the protests. You know, it's like the story is shifting from let's talk about why people are protesting to let's only focus on what a few assholes are doing and say this represents everybody which if there are conservative people out there that are listening to this in in their first reaction to hearing me say that is well what about january 6th i counter with no first of all there is no official antifa organization but they're on their side they have the oath keepers they have the proud boys they have the boogaloo boys they have an organization that progressives don't and again it, it may have been a riot. It may have been stuff that they did illegally, but they're not causing an insurrection. You know, the violence that happened here in Portland, they were not trying to get into city hall to take over Portland. You know, they were just, I don't agree with some of their actions, even though I did read uh, <laughs> on a website that one of the places that got burned in Portland was my own, was my old workplace. Um, you know, when I read that, I, I woke up and read that and I thought, what? Oh, did, do dreams really come true? And I, um, I, you know, thought about what else can I try and it didn't work. So, you know, um, but 
Yeah, just I I don't like where where the media is trying to portray this because like uh, speaking of Portland again, they on uh, K two they interviewed the owner of uh, one of the jewelry stores downtown. It was on the same block as as uh, where you used to work um, on the corner, like right across from Pioneer Square, and the guy was just talking about his business, like it matters that some windows were broken. Like it matters that the Apple store downtown was burned. Nobody was hurt yet. They're using this to, to kind of, to distract from what people are protesting about. And that's police violence. And I just have the fear that once again, give it a week, give it or two, we will have people distracted enough that they won't end up doing anything to continue this fight because this is not over. Racism is not over because this cop was found guilty. No, it's not. And and we're not even at the point yet where they're doing the appeals process because you know that's going to happen. So I just, you know, try to remain a little bit calm because, of course, they're going to try to appeal. Uh, But so don't be too shocked if that does happen. I I don't want to necessarily put a when it happens, but if it happens, I'm thinking it probably will just remain calm. It seemed to be so quick of a verdict that I think it will stick. So let's not get too distracted by that one and not focus on like other areas where there's still some injustice going on. Like that is going to play out. I don't think social media covering it. um, I don't think awareness around it is going to change his ability to appeal it i just don't see it um but i mean if you want to if you want to raise awareness when that appeal status uh, is a thing that is your choice where just you, you spend your energy where you really feel it you know uh but for me it's like i want to focus on like i don't know there's like a 13 year old that got shot too and like the guy that was like it was a traffic thing and you know the officer said taser taser and grabbed the gun by mistake like we there's other things that let's not lose kind of some of the momentum of looking at making some changes and making sure some things and some people are held accountable because at the end of the day um you know george floyd's family was given a settlement of 27 million dollars from the city of minneapolis at the end of the day, sadly enough, it costs less for a city to dole out money from a settlement like this than it would for them to in- enact, you know, meaningful changes that you know could see verdicts like this essentially go away. That does not mean that there wouldn't, wouldn't be bad cops if there were uh, some efforts at reform. But what w- this is a continuous fight. If yeah. people, if people are going to have, if Every citizen in this country is going to have a fair shot at justice, no matter how bad they fucked up. We have to continue to fight. And yep. it's it's good when we do have a victory like this, but don't rest on your laurels because the Republican Party will do anything and everything that they can to distract you from what is the message actually is. Now, let's also talk – how do you feel about um, like what happened here in Portland? in terms of some of the violence that happened. I know I was a little facetious and I will go into it after you answer about why, but you know, what are, what are your thoughts? I, hmm, I'm not going to tell people how to make a point. 
I will say that me personally, you're not going to see me catching things on fire and breaking windows. I'm not saying that that property is more important than anybody's life, but that's just not where I try to make changes. And I'm not going to say that that is not a way to get conversations going about making changes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely not saying that those buildings are worth more than the lives of the people who have died. Like, you know, what's, what's the awareness that's being created, but I'm not going to say like, yay, do it. Um, <laughs> it's conflicting, right? Because you go into, you know, rioting is the language of the unheard people. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm paraphrasing a quote by somebody who's much wiser than me, but, uh, so that's where it's like, I'm not going to try to shame anybody for it because I'm not in that person's shoes. Um, I personally don't do it though. I, I, I can't talk myself into being okay with hurting somebody else's business or hurting or really, it's not even about the business aspect of it. Um, I just, I'm not a very violent person and I don't, tr I try not to go that way. That's just me though. But what about you? <laughs> yeah. Um, Kind of in the same boat. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to protesting, whether we like it or not, sometimes violence will work, you know, and I don't think that that is should be the tactic that is used in this particular case because of what we are seeing. The fact that, you know, a select few people are going the violence route um, is changing the conversation from these people are protesting to the cops should, you know, stop them without having the conversation of what's in between. Um, the fact that there is ample, ample evidence that the Portland Police Department, you know, like when they talk about in the news that, you know, protesters have thrown Molotov cocktails, they've shown pictures of those Molotov cocktails. How many Molotov cocktails do you know are made in plastic bottles? Not many, <laughs> you know? It seemed very, like, not smart. <laughs> yeah and and yet yet like oh, like last summer for instance you know they claimed a few times that molotovs quote unquote were thrown were done in plastic bottles just like no they weren't you were looking for an excuse and somebody you know it's this is a nuanced answer there is no yes or no like yeah like hearing the news about my old employer getting, you know, getting fire damage. I loved it. I was so happy. You know, the only thing that disappointed me was that there was not a manager's meeting going on at that same time. Um, but, you know, having said that, I don't endorse the violence. I don't think people should resort to violence uh, to make their point. Right. I wouldn't want to be on this person's jury or anything. But I don't endorse the violence, you know. Um, and and yeah, it's it, again we're talking. People were more upset that you know uh, potentially some iPads may have been hurt than over the fact that port the Portland Police Department for a long time is clearly clearly needs some reform, <laughs> you know, not yeah. some a lot, you know, and and just you know. Using the violence works in their hands, and and just there are going to be people that do it, and they take that responsibility upon themselves. Um, but overall, I think they do hurt the message because it, it it you know the critics will come back. You know, well, do you support that? Do you support that? Of course, I don't support that. You know, I don't support that. People should you know protest peacefully. But then again, uh, but but then again, it's like it's like. 
when you have the Portland Police Department that will call a riot just because somebody coughed the wrong way. And I'm being facetious there, but yeah. they, they looked for the the least possible bit of provocation to declare something a riot. You know, and, and it's right. just there's a lot more going on here. Just people need to be aware of the fact that the little bubble they live in it is not necessarily what the world really is. And, you know, it's good if you can say you have black friends and whatnot, but when you constantly support the police, when there is evidence after evidence after evidence that they don't treat black people the same way as white people, you're part of the problem. And that, you know, it's either change or get the fuck out of the way so people that, you know, know what they're doing can get in place to actually make some make some changes. But, you know, are we going to be able to do that with things the way they are in Washington? No, because things are slowly getting back to normal. And just like uh, hopefully we get some major arrests of some prominent um, Republican officials before 2022, because it could very well go back into the Congress could very well go back in, into Republicans hands, which reverses a lot of stuff that, you know, we're already trying to reverse now and have a little That's empathy. Where we will go. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to reminding people to vote, like vote, not just on yeah. presidential years. Cause that's where it's like, you can make a difference and stuff like that too. But yeah. yeah, I mean, ideally I would love it if all of world's problems could be solved in a nonviolent way. You know, I'm the one that wants to sit in a room is like, Oh, well, okay. Well this training program for our police is just not working. So what are we going to do? Or like, maybe there needs to be a psych evaluation to vet out. Like possibly if you do have like, a way to tell maybe if somebody might be a little racist, maybe yeah. don't make them a police officer. Like maybe we need to have some higher standards for who does this job, especially if they are going to carry guns, which as long as people have access to them, I do personally agree that they should be able to carry them. I haven't fully been convinced that it we, that they should be expected to um, defend my community in a situation where the community can buy guns, but they don't have one. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it'd be different if they actually like did a full Australia here and said, yeah. boom, America, we don't have guns anymore. Then I would be more off open to the topic of them not having it at all. However, should that be in the placement of where your dominant hand wants to go over your non-lethal one being on the non-dominant side? Maybe we need to talk about that. Yeah. Because taser being where you're least likely to reach, like with your left hand, like, come on, you can put it somewhere else where the least lethal option can be more readily available than just the one on your hip, which is the lethal one. But that's a whole other, like, see, to me, it goes into the, can we have conversations about this? Because as long as people can have guns, I totally understand why and personally feel like, yeah, okay, that, that's one I can't really argue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hearing, uh, the, yeah, it's like there was another cop in Minneapolis that um, shot a kid, and they claimed that they mistook their gun for their taser. I've not picked up a handgun or a taser before, um, but, you know, it's like if they both have very similar feeling. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, like it's it's totally night and day difference. However, if I may, hmm. really quick, but understand when what we understand about mental health, right, and how the brain works when it is panicked, when it is scared, when it is overwhelmed with fear, it's not going to go towards the logic brain of saying, oh, I need to pick my least lethal thing. It's going to go, oh, I'm scared, I'm reacting. 
and that's where I'm not saying it excuses it at oh, all, but no, I'm no, saying no, no, that no. this really needs to open up a conversation of either you need to somehow vet or train where that's not going to be a thing or consider a different placement and see how that goes or consider reducing like how many officers can carry or you know what I mean? There, there's more conversations to have than a strict there should be or shouldn't be is, is the only thing I'm putting out there. Yeah. Cause uh, I, let's be clear. I mean, I, I don't know the cop in question, you know, so I, I it, yeah. to me to say this cop, this cop is racist would just be ignorant. Cause I don't know that person, you know? So I, you know, until there are, facts put out to the public indicating that she was a card-carrying member of the KKK, I have to chalk this up as a very unfortunate accident. It's human error. and But on, on, on the flip side, very preventable in a lot of ways because, yes. <laughs> you know, like in generally um, like cops to become a cop, what, didn't we talk about it before, like 28 days on average around the country of training you need, whereas in other countries at minimum you would be getting the equivalent of an associate's degree. Exactly. Um, I, you know, I think continued training is very much in order and I, I don't consider that a bad thing. Um, I think what, consistent weapons training, you know, should be uh, definitely looked into as well. And I think the most important thing too, I think it's uh, it was kind of brought up in the Sandra Bland case, um, and John Oliver's talked about it on a number of occasions. And that's like when police do a raid, for instance, they legally don't. All they have to do is this is a raid before they bust in. They don't have to wait for you to open the door or whatever. And I'm sure the police logic is they don't want to give the criminals chance to get weapons to shoot back but if you were not giving a person an honest chance to surrender peacefully you're just busting in guns a blazing right away like this is uh grand theft auto in real life uh, no I, I mean it's like my tax dollars go towards this and and it's at the end of the day there needs to be some protection from murderers, from robbers, from yes. legitimate threats out there. You know, like defunding the police and getting rid of them is not going to make crime go away. Crime will still no. very much be there and we will need people that will take care of that. But what we can ask for and what we should demand is proper training for them and yes. and and hold them to a higher standard. You know, I mean, like qualified immunity – my opinion kind of needs to go away. I mean, it's like they're not teachers in this. It's like on the one hand, like teachers have like tenure and stuff like that, especially on the elementary side, because, you know, parents can be assholes and, you know, like they didn't give my little Billy an A, so she's a bad teacher fired. No, I believe, yeah, there should be some protections for unreasonable type of things. But, you know, you, the, the only reason Derek Chauvin put his, his knee on the guy's neck and didn't care was he felt he can get away with it yeah. even with I the just, camera going i i just have this feeling here that we don't need the whole qualified immunity thing like i think no, it's pretty no. clear when an officer is you know had to choose to shoot like somebody who is trying to finish a mass shooting situation i don't see that family standing a fat fucking chance at actually proving that that officer did a wrong by shooting the person who was actively shooting other pedestrians. You know what, what? I mean? Like, but just throwing it, I'm just saying that I don't think we need qualified immunity because no, that's no, no, a pretty no. clear case. And I think a lot of times it would probably be very clear. So I don't understand the purpose of it, but going to a statement that you made about being a taxpayer in training, it's like, you know, as a taxpayer, as somebody who pays for this, yes, I do agree. I would 
if some of that funding with the reform goes into requiring more training, more than that 28 days, like nurses, there was like a meme I had seen at one point putting up like, dude, nurses have to go through this and this and this and this and this. Why is it that our average police officer only has to do this? And I might try to go dig and find that because it was a very good point and somebody put it way better than I did. But like one of my questions is with this non-lethal option, like, how often do they actually train on that? There's not a lot of information on their training. Um, if you're lucky, you can find some, and that's if they're being open about it. And I will admit, like, I don't try super hard to look into it, but if it takes thousands of repetitions of a behavior to make muscle memory, how much more often are they training to draw with the lethal versus the non-lethal? We can ask questions like that when it comes to fine-tuning training. Would it be better to put the non-lethal option, like, still accessible to the dominant hand but on the chest instead of over where you're reaching awkwardly across your body or requiring to use your non-dominant hand because why not try to train to prevent when it does genuinely happen by accident or by out of fear reaction etc let's give them let's give this woman a benefit of the doubt too let's say and we know it's not true but let's say the taser could in reasonable hands if someone was blindfolded could fool somebody into thinking that was a gun why not have a different type of taser that doesn't feel like a damn gun (laughs) you know um you know that's the case Uh, personally i've i've held them and i have not held one that feels that way it's a totally different feel it's a totally different handle um different situation but yeah could uh, th- that was where when i had heard about it it's like well you know a panic state brain if this human is seeing somebody and thinks that they are literally in danger I could understand panic doing something. But if we go back to where we find like, oh, nope, they were active in this forum and this group and they were way against like all of this type of like they were super racist. Like, oh, OK, well, then, yeah, then that should have been better vetting. Like I, I'm saying like we can talk about both. Right. We can talk about like maybe yeah. trying to figure out how to not put this kind of quote unquote power in the hands of people who maybe shouldn't be put with that power. But could we also look at the training and encourage better practices for people who are genuinely trying to be good cops? I do say that knowing nothing about this woman. I know you've just expressed the same thing. I don't want to assume that all cops are bad. That's not a reality I am just in today. Um, So if she is genuinely a good cop and if this is horrible training, yeah, should there totally be repercussions for, for what happened? Exactly. Yes. Um, just like it's so different if, oh, I totally accidentally ran over that bicyclist. There's still repercussions for that. Or if you work in a computer repair place and something you do erases all of a customer's data and they fire you, guess what? You're responsible for it. doesn't yes, mean you, you did it on purpose, but... You can be sued for it still. There's still repercussions. There are negative consequences for certain things that I'm not saying that a lack of training excuses somebody's accidental death. But that does um, not necessarily equate her to being a racist until the facts present exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Like, some, vehicular manslaughter is a thing, and it's not the... In, that. That's usually, like, the intent was that you were driving and you killed somebody with your vehicle. It wasn't that you were intentionally trying to run them over. But there's still, like, things, there's consequences for that. So (laughs) I'm not saying, like, lack of training excuses 
any consequences from happening to this person. Oh, but yeah, yeah. should maybe this overall conversation lead to talking about both reasons being looked into and how to prevent both like reasons behind this happening from happening? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what changes we can make. If it was an accident, let's talk about better training. If it was like this person maybe should have been vetted better in a background because they seem to always have feelings against black people, then we need to talk about that too. Both sides. Yeah, and yeah, because uh, it's not going to help things if if all cops are labeled as racist, you know. I mean, uh, it, but we also have to, res- as white people, we have to respect the fact that you know, you know, minorities in this country are, don't trust them, you know. And and it, I, I guess the best way I can, I, I, the best analogy I can offer would be, it's it's it, much more extreme, of course, but it's kind of like how some women think about guys in general, you know. I mean, guys in general are fucking assholes you know um there are exceptions to the rule but you know but generally guys can be assholes and you know got a guy if he is truly trying to be a nice respectful person to somebody has to accept that and accept that sometimes something an innocent thing that he did maybe you know taken a different way you know just because somebody had a different experience and i think in this case we have to accept that as well i think yeah realistically uh, you know anybody realistically yeah if if you got a, somebody in your house trying to seal stuff or you know having a gun on your family you want somebody official there to stop them and and it it doesn't matter your your race yeah. on that but you also if, if you're a black person and there's a higher likelihood that the cop bursting in the door is just going to be shooting first and asking questions later, I can see where, you know, the, I, I can see where they, they would have that hesitation about not wanting to call the police or, you know, if they've been hassled, you know, the driving while black thing is very much a real thing. And, man. Yeah, see, and uh, gosh, just so many opinions on traffic stopping in general, because it's become kind of a high tense situation for people now. Like, uh, and why? Why do it? If that's the most dangerous thing a cop does, because that was one of the arguments that is reading kind of both sides that I like to do of, you know, an officer shouldn't need their handgun, you know, during a traffic stop was the, the point the first comment that I read and then you go into it. It's like, well, they talk about that's some of the most dangerous part of the job. And I'm like, Oh, well that's interesting information because if we've got cameras and radars and ways to send tickets for moving violations, like through the mail and let it just be appealed in civil court, win, win, like, Hey, there you go. Let's get rid of the dangerous job and use some of this freaking technology. Like, sure. It's a little bit easier to fight in court or whatever, but there's also people that just by putting the signs up that, Hey, this is a radar area. Like it can curb the behavior. And if it's safer to do that than to put a physical human being with a gun and a taser in their cop car to manage it personally, like why not utilize that more and take that off? So, see, again, I'm, I'm for, and I, I totally understand a distrust in the system by people who have been, not felt, been oppressed yes. by that system. I totally understand that. But I think that is where people, that if we do have the privilege of not feeling that way, because a lot of us do have the privilege of not feeling that way, yeah. why not do what we can to make changes like talk about the training and talk about the vetting. So 
that that's where I don't feel comfortable telling people you shouldn't be violent because see I'm not every person and so from my perspective where I do have some belief in voting and a belief in changing things and in a belief in reform that's why I don't want to necessarily do the violent thing but I'm still not going to tell people that that's not a way of trying to elicit change, especially when you look at like um, history, uh, history, basically <laughs> anywhere in history. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to say women's suffrage. A lot of what actually got change to happen involved some violence like it is in our history. So I that that's where like like, oh, Tracy, you can't take a stance on it. Like, no, I'm just saying I can't speak for everybody's intentions for where they pick how they make people aware of a problem. Um, I can say that I am aware of it. And yeah, if it comes down to making changes, I'm I'm very pro it. I am very pro reforming the police. And I will always be clear about that. And I will stance on that. Yeah, because it's not... I, you know, I, I don't get this attitude of you must support everything the police does or you are 100% against the police. That is ridiculous. You know, I mean, think about how many instances over, over the years of cops that have been proven to have lied, you know, it's human nature. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go off and say, you know, say that it's, it, it does have its history in racism. Yes, I get that systemic racism, but that does, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. There, there need to, there, yeah. we can't sit back anymore and, and, and just hope things get better because, you know, with things, things in this country are going to get worse before they're going to get better financially at least because of the repercussions of how bad the pandemic has been handled here you're going to have a ton of people trying to declare bankruptcy but as the latest last week tonight has shown some people can't afford to go bankrupt and even if they do try to go through the bankruptcy procedures you have parasitic lawyers that um, are going out of their way to kind of steer people towards a chapter 13 bankruptcy when a chapter 7 would better suit them and you know things like that and there's a lot going on we got to keep fighting you know yep. we're not- and, and that's where it's like by the way please don't get upset if somebody is not on your brand of activism there are a lot of problems in our culture we are by no means close to perfect where we can say oh just this one thing needs our attention so just to end the PSA there of yeah. personally, I feel as long as you're kind of standing for something and being willing to kind of work towards some changes <laughs> that, you know, put your efforts towards something good. That's all I'm, I'm going to say like, but don't like slay people because they're not on your specific change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's hard to phrase that one, I guess. Like, I, I just think like, as long as you're working towards something, it's good. I, I just feel bad when people are like, Oh, but you need to be for my thing that I am pro. It's like, well, but you're for that. But if nobody's for this other thing changing, like maybe it's also good to fight for children's rights, just throwing well, like, it out there, but I'm- also fighting for like, you know, black rights and, and LGBTQ, like queer rights and things like that. Like, let's just keep fighting for rights. Can we do that? <laughs> and, and not because like, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I immediately thought of John Cleese and some of the blowback he got for being accused of being a turf simply because he said he was not knowledgeable enough on trans issues to feel comfortable speaking about it. 
I, I, I thought his response was very articulate and it wasn't, I, I don't, it wasn't a JK Rowling type of response. It was just, I don't feel I'm the right voice for it. I wouldn't, isn't it what people are want celebrities to do anyway? I mean, yeah. the, common, the common thing you hear about people and celebrities is shut up, man, you're a celebrity. And yet the one time a celebrity says, I don't feel comfortable talking about it. All of a sudden he's a turf and against it. Just. Yeah. And that's Ooh. sad. Cause that's so to the tune of John Cleese, like of, uh, I love John Cleese. It's no secret. I love his quotes. I love his stance on humor. Like I yeah. love, and that makes sense. Like, did that happen recently? Like some of this coming out? A couple of months back. Yeah. It was oh, around okay. the time. I think that, uh, uh, JK Rowling, I think she put out a piece a few months back or something like that. It, I, I, we talked about it on, a, on the show, uh, when it happened, but it wasn't like a long piece. Gotcha. Yeah, he uh, he's really funny. I like him. I love his stance on humor and, and stupid people. He loves to talk about stupid people. He had a really good like zing on Fox News. But I, I love John Cleese. There was like a quote that I had shared where he was talking about that he doesn't cater his humor to stupid people. Because uh-huh. when he makes a joke, he has to think to himself, like, will smart people get this joke or will one or two stupid people choose to be offended by it? And if my answer is only one or two stupid people are going to be offended, to buy it well i'm sorry stupid people there are certain disadvantages to being stupid and that's um i just i loved that like yeah like if you're going to choose to try to find something bad in somebody's statement uh-huh. then I think that that would be kind of that disadvantage of being stupid that he's talking about. So I think that's very much like it's funny to me that people are taking like, oh, him saying he doesn't want to talk about it. Well, that means he's against it because he's more or less talked about like that's just kind of stupid to jump to that. So I could see <laughs> yeah. uh, to me it's just kind of funny that, of course, of course, him of all people – um, saying, like, I'm going to choose not to talk about it because I don't think I'm that person, and then getting that attitude back that he's very openly talked about being against. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Like, uh, I, I forgot the name of it, and I know you you probably haven't read it, but I guess, like, in the late 70s, early 80s, he did a book with a psychologist about children and growing up. And um, I, I it, it, uh, once we get off the air, I'll, I'll, I'll look for it. But yeah. um, I remember uh, reading a part where he talked about how children, when they're very young, have like a god-like uh, attitude in, in, in a lot of sense because they feel because they are so new. And, and and I'm I'm mangling it because it's been a long time. But I remember uh, after reading that and you know telling that to my ex-wife, I was like, "That's not true." I was like, "Shut up! You didn't read it, you dumbass." But anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. All right. So I think we'll, uh, wrap things up here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we Leave go. it on with just be a person, be a human, maybe stand for some good changes in life, have a passion that contributes to society people. Yes. Work to help people. Um, don't try and fall into the trap of tribalism. You know, if if people on your political side of the fence are doing something stupid, like Nancy Pelosi continuing to profit financially off of her job, I guess uh, it was revealed that um, a 
couple weeks before a major government contract to Microsoft was announced, uh, Nancy Pelosi and her family made like a huge stock purchase and ended up getting a lot of money. And she was also one of the people too that um, bought stock in companies that um, benefited greatly from the pandemic. She has a long history of profiting off of her position and that is sick, that is evil, that was sick when Kelly Leffler did it, that was sick when Senator Purdue, the two Georgia senators, profited off their position, off of people dying. It's sick when Nancy yeah. Pelosi does it. And I, if anything, what I would just say to people, just defend what is right. And that what is right is that people that are in positions of power should be working for every single citizen in this country. It shouldn't be just for the ones that voted for them. The system should be set up to where, whether it's a poor person living in a box on the side of the road, all the way to Bill Gates in his mansion, should be treated the same. And I, you know, believe it or not, even though I don't think we'll ever get into a utopia or a heaven type thing, I think we can work towards uh, some equality and make some major changes that will benefit a lot of people. Yeah. Just, yeah. yes. Just keep fighting. Just keep just- fighting. Keep fighting, keep voting, keep doing whatever it is you do that you feel contributes to changing in a positive way. There we go. I think that was a nicer way of whatever the fuck I tried to say earlier. There but you um, go. yeah, just pick your thing. <laughs> do do good. Don't do bad. <laughs> well, I, I forgot the character name, but I'll take that line from uh, Blazing Saddles. Like, you talk as pretty as a twenty dollar whore. Uh, <laughs> anyway. That was a joke for me. Anyway, um, yeah, so we will wrap things up here. This coming Wednesday, we are going to have a watch-along. The um, results of the Battle for State Supremacy 2 were that the losers had to watch a particular film, and we are going to do that, but we're going to do it in watch-along style, um, meaning um, we're going to just set up the the microphone and the computer in front of the TV and give our reactions as we watch it. So, um, you know, come for the Texas jokes. um, (laughs) i don't know i'm a little tempted to try to like be involved in this somehow because i just think it's such a great bad movie i would willingly watch it so (laughs) yeah well it's um on amazon prime so um yeah it it could it can definitely do and that's some uh, that's an idea i wanted to try before it's uh another podcast that uh, focuses on wrestling on occasion will do what what's called what they do is called a watch along and essentially just play the movie during the recording. They don't play the audio of it for obvious reasons, but they just do kind of like a running commentary. And I thought that would be cool to try. So um, yeah, this coming Wednesday, we will be getting that out of the way. So you'll be able to hear those wacky results. Um, Then the Wednesday after that, um, the professor is going to be back and she and I will be doing what we are going to call the date night double. We are going to be um, reviewing uh, some music again, her and I, and then uh, just kind of, you know, give give our opinions on what we think is going to be best for you. Um, The first two albums that we are going to be talking about, there's a a group called Pairs, and they have a self-titled album called Pairs. And we'll also be talking about a group called Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and the album is called The Ride. So we'll talk about that and uh, review some music from there. And then, of course, our regular hijinks here on Saturday, and we're going to be doing some other uh, review stuff along the way as well. So uh, anything you want to plug before we wrap things up? No, no, I think I did uh, plenty of plugging for Haunter's Con, all the things. I'm good. I think I need dinner. Maybe I need water. I'm drunk on ginger beer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, well then, we will wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week. Cheers. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.